Welcome to another installment of Engineering Money, the podcast where some full-time engineers give their two cents on the financial news of the week. My name is Ben. I'm a civil engineer in Washington State. My name is Tim. I'm a mechanical engineer in Indianapolis, and I'm finally back. Good to have you back, Tim. I'm Joey, uh, food products engineer in Minneapolis. I'm so excited to have everybody back. It has it's been, been like well over... It's it's probably been close to two months now that we've had to Whoa. do weird scheduling. Um, yeah, with not everybody, so this should be a good episode today. Yeah, my car got totaled, so if you have any car recommendations, um, drop them in the Discord, please. Link will be in the description for our Discord chat. Can I get an um, oof in chat? Yeah, big oof for. for it wasn't Tim. my fault, so it's okay but I liked that car. Yeah. Well, okay. we got we got some awesome stuff coming up. Uh, lots of market actions this past week. Lots of predictions moving forward. So it should be very, very exciting. Um, to kick things off, I think we should do a little recap here. Uh, I know Joey wanted to say some things about our last week. Yeah, absolutely. Last week, if you were... Uh, looking at the markets at all, you saw that we finally got that uh, big spike in volatility that we've been expecting for a while, I guess. But yeah, we saw a huge sell-off on Thursday, and then similarly Friday, but there was a bounce back later in the day. And that was just kind of... I remember seeing a bunch of posts on Reddit. People were saying like, oh my gosh, I thought I was insane because of how much things were going up, up, up. And it almost feels yeah. good to see a red day. Yeah, it was kind of relieving. Um, but yeah, also the <laughs> it was funny because the day before the drop, I was like, "Man, I made more money than I, um, you know, making a day at work. This is cool." And then the next day, I was like, "Cool, I lost two and a half times what I made." <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> like work. lost a week worth of gains in that Thursday. It's yeah. funny. I actually ended the day pretty even on Thursday. Really? Nice. It's it was not planned. Have. Yeah, it, it was probably... Well, even precious metals were down on Thursday. Yeah, um, it was one of those where there's just no safe place for money. Everyone is selling everything. Yeah. Yeah. I had a lot... or I have a lot of shares in Apple, so it was really bad for those two mm, days for me. Yeah. It was definitely tech-driven. People were just dumping tech stocks because yeah. they were the only Great things driving the markets up for a while there. Yeah. It was about time, I would say. Yeah. Well, I don't think that it is the next bear market here. I think next week we're going to see, you know, probably still decently high volatility, but it's not going to be red day after red day. I don't know. I'm seeing circuit breakers in our future, Joey. We can only I hope, Tim. <laughs> we can only hope. I don't think we'll we, see circuit breakers again until the the vaccine gets gets further and further in development. And if yeah, things we need like, start news. going bad. Yeah, we need like yeah. news on the vaccine to be bad for, for the next like terrible circuit breaker day. Yeah, it's too bad next week is a short week, so we can't go for that perfect week of circuit breaker <laughs> right. every day. That is actually what I think 
kind of brought this on like why, why did everyone dump stocks this week i think part of it is we haven't had a long weekend in a while and everyone sees end of the week coming up and they don't want to wait three days without being able to trade a potential news coming out so they just sold yeah that could well and so i actually read some news about softbank um so supposedly they are the ones that have been stoking the tech rally over the past few months um Mm. and so apparently they've been like buying up options in tech stocks the past months in just like absurd amounts um so then they've been contributing to the large trading volumes in options trading for the tech companies Uh, it's been the largest like over the past 10 years and um you know they apparently they're still looking to buy more though (laughs) yeah um the overall nominal value of calls traded on these stocks have averaged uh 335 billion a day over the past two weeks um which is more than triple of the rolling average in like 2017 to 2019 so it is big numbers and softbank um i don't know they they've got a plan so but we can say like the retail trading boom is definitely a part of it but i mean there's no way retail um, investors can do that much. You can't compete so with. So it's not the Robin Hood army. And and for yeah. those who who may be new to the idea, um, SoftBank is that massive investment firm where their strategy is to just pump companies so full of money that they're investing in that they crush all their competition. They they are a hmm. uh, downright massive fund. They just have ridiculous amounts of money to throw around. Yeah. So, yeah, the retail investors can't do that much. But, yeah. Very cool. There's um, the bear market of, um, what was it? September 3rd to September 4th. We all survived. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Getting into next week a little bit, um, obviously Monday, nothing is moving, but there is some news coming out of Monday. Uh, They're starting another round of Brexit talks. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) It's taking place in London starting on Monday. Um, Could lead to something, but since it's the eighth round, you know, it's going to be very unlikely i think that um any actual concrete stuff comes out of it yeah brexit talks are gonna be like a thing in like 30 years they'll be like yeah every year uh we meet with the eu to talk about brexit talks who knows what it's really about though (laughs) it's just one of those old traditions you can't not talk about brexit yeah. yeah. Um, looking f- through the week as well, um, got a few key earnings coming out. Um, Lululemon coming out on oh, Tuesday. Yeah. We love that, and they've uh, Slack as well on Tuesday. Boo. Yeah. 
Slack sucks. Yeah, you you do not like Slack, Tim. <laughs> yeah. Especially. Um, yeah, yeah no, go for it's it. Bad. This Lululemon, is bad. Lululemon though never fails. Yeah, they, there they was a period where they were they were going down, but I think they're they're back on the up and up. Yeah, I mean, okay, they were hit pretty hard by that sell-off last week, but you just yeah. look at their overall trend: one year, two years, five years. It's all just exponential growth. Yeah, literally can't go down. Everybody needs pants. Stretching what can, pants. I, what can we pants say at that? Everybody I mean, needs stretchy everyone's pants. gaining weight in quarantine. They need stretchier yeah. and stretchier <laughs> pants. And Lululemon is here to deliver. <laughs> exactly. Yep. On Wednesday, um, uh, we got the Bank of Canada is announcing monetary policy. And they're basically just going to keep their record low, 0.25%, through the end of 2021 is what is expected. Wow. Uh, that's a yeah. forecast for that. Yeah, seriously. Um, oh, obviously, this is just what they're expecting, so nothing's concrete. But yeah, still, uh, still says a lot um, about what they're yeah. thinking. But uh, speaking of government agencies making, um, you know, announcements. Mm-hmm. Did you hear that, Jay Powell <laughs> said that wearing masks can lead to enormous economic gains? Yeah. <laughs> That's the way to get the American public to wear masks. Yeah, it's like, let's stop, you know, all this. All right, Fauci, that's enough of the science. Let's just tell them that gains are on the way. Yeah, seriously. That masks equal tendies. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, then on Thursday. Did you have anything for Friday? Huh? Were there any earnings on Friday? Oh, uh, well, we got to go Thursday first. Not there yet. Wednesday. Okay. Hold your uh, horses. Yeah, geez. Thursday, we got our classic um, unemployment numbers coming out. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're also getting the PPI for August. So that's pretty cool. Um, and then Palaton and Chewy are the two big quarantine <laughs> winners that are announcing earner- earnings. Nah. Short Peloton. Yeah, Peloton, I think, is pretty much topped out. And as far as Friday goes, nothing really is happening. Um, You never forget, though, next Friday. You know why? 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 Oh, come on. You never forget. Father's Day? (laughs) Oh, that's true. We will never forget. <laughs> it's not quite Father's Day, Tim. <laughs> and Kroger, Kroger is uh, holding their um, they're holding a conference call to talk about their second quarter earnings. I am bullish on Kroger. I I love Do the, the like stores, Kroger? and I've, I've been liking what I see in the uh, you know stock market here with them. I mean, just re- yeah. retail investing, and by that I mean investing in retail, is, I think, great right now. It's been great through coronavirus, and Kroger's been on quite an uptrend. I just wish that Meyer was public. Oh, man. I would invest so much. 
Um, oh, I had something about last week that I missed. I'll go for it. Um, Tesla has been excluded from the S&P 500 rebalance. Oh, yeah. I think and that though they probably... Yeah, they probably should have been in there based on market cap. Yeah. But they weren't they weren't put in cuz they were like, probably cuz they're too volatile. Highly they're anticipated volatile, to be in there, but too volatile and just so inflated right now. Right. Yeah. It just seemed like they would they would move that index too far on a daily basis. Yeah. It just want to be a So probably a smart move. Well, awesome. Um, so we can move forward past next week or talking about stuff next week as well with some predictions. Um, I can go first if everybody's okay with that. Sure, man. We're going to talk about fracking, okay? Ooh. So uh, Schlumberger, this is news that came out last well, week. Ben, it's actually, actually Schlum- uh, <laughs> Schlumberger. Schlumberger? <laughs> no, I'm serious. No way. Is it really? Yeah. Yeah, because I, um, I interviewed with them back in oh. college. And Are they you were like, serious? That's yeah, they are like, yeah, it's pronounced Schlumberger. Wow. Whoa. This changes everything. Okay. Um, <laughs> Calls, I was, I was oh. going to I was gonna give a, a bearish prediction here, but Schlumberger, that's got to be bullish. All right, so... <laughs> Schlumberger this past week um, announced that they are completely unloading their North American hydraulic fracking division. Like they are selling so, their entire. Oh, they're just selling. No more yeah. North American fracking for Schlumberger. They sold it to a smaller oil company. It's called Liberty Oil Field Services. Um, okay. And it was a total stock purchase. So there was no cash involved. Schlumberger now has a 37% stake in Liberty. Mm. Uh, so mm. that's how that worked. Um, and people uh, responded very positively. And it, there, a lot of it made sense. Liberty Oil Field Services was not a very large company. They just got the largest North American fracking operation just handed to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously that expands their capacity and their stock went up. Uh, it was around 40% uh, last week after that news came out. And they are... And, and I'm sorry, I, I misspoke. They are not the largest operation in north america uh halliburton is but they mentioned like throughout these talks that their plan is to expand so that they become um i gotcha uh, become the most uh profitable and efficient Ah. um in north america and people are like awesome this is so cool it's good time to get into liberty because they were small and now they have all this potential and it's going to be great because they, they're also being really optimistic about it. But something that I haven't seen people talking about is like, the why would Schlumberger sell this fracking division? Like it, This uh, operation 
is a big part of why the U.S. became the world's number one oil producer recently. Mm -hmm. And because of COVID and the the years of the decreasing results from fracking and increased expenses from needing to pay for this fracking stuff, um, people were are we're starting to get turned off. And I think Schlumberger was like, you know what? This is getting too expensive for us to keep. Oil is like at an all time low right now. Yeah. It might be smart and for us to get rid of this. Yeah. They're just going to focus get on rid other of things. And then if it does work out for this other company, they have a stake in the company so they can still profit from it. Yeah. But if it doesn't work out, then whatever, they just got rid of it. Yeah. And, and so I, I'm a little more skeptical than what all the articles I've seen have been saying. Like, I think this could be a serious uh, indicator that fracking is sort of on its way out or it's starting to well, go on its way out. Yeah, I um, I remember seeing like, I mean, this could be completely wrong. But fracking is really, like, most profitable at, like, $60 a barrel. Mm -hmm. um, but, like, people... I mean, obviously, oil demand is down um, with, not with like, everyone staying at home from coronavirus. Uh, but people focus on the de demand side too much. But the biggest negative for the oil industry is oversupply. Yeah. And since, like, as you said, the U.S. is now the world's major producer... Um, the OPEC cartel can't control the oil pl price like they used to. So it acts more like a normal commodity. Um, and like, there's just, like, we've got way more oil supply than there is demand. Yep. Like we saw months ago with the price of um, one futures contract of oil going negative because right. there wasn't enough place to store it. Um, it's just. Uh, there's just too much of it so i i think um sellers are trying to dry up their wells before demand dries up because you know there's like electric cars are coming about and we're, we're becoming less reliant on oil um and i i don't know i don't think that we will hit you know those same peaks of oil prices that we've seen like I don't know, what was it, in like 2008 when oil was like, or gas was like $4 a gallon or something? Right. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just see it being uh, lower cost just because of the huge supply. Yeah, and there's all the environmental concerns and the, the just the mass balance of the way that fracking works. The more we frack the more expensive it is to frack. Um, mm -hmm. And I think, yeah, from Schlumberger's perspective, they reached some critical point where the cost to continue operating the way that they were uh, outweighed the benefit of just selling it off. Oh, yeah. yeah. So they just decided, you know what, let's give it to somebody else, see if they can make it better, because it's yeah said it's it's not personal fracking it's just business yeah it's just business <laughs> um 
so people are like all all aboard and they're like wow this is this is awesome fracking's going has a new face now and things are going to happen but the environment the environmental conditions are exactly the same like it's right hard and it's only going to get harder so i'm kind of bullish then do you know um what that what kind of impact that'll have on like natural gas in general how big of a supplier of natural gas is fracking i don't i don't I know think fracking is mostly just oil yeah fracking is oil i could have sworn the, fracking was natural gas no fracking no. is oil the way that it works that there's like mini veins you could kind of say um in like sandy shale um and mm-hmm. they then i actually took a class on this yeah, I know. Um, I yeah, I learned about fracking too. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're you're one of those. I'm one of those environmental, environmental guys. Engineers. Yeah, and they just pump some spicy water into the ground, um, and it forces the oil out. Yeah, I don't know. I'm much. reading the dictionary from Oxford Languages, and the process of injecting liquid at high pressure into subterranean rocks, boreholes, etc so as to force open existing fissures and extract oil or gas. Yeah, so okay. it, like there's a combination of both. Um, but, it's mostly... but I think primarily it's an oil yeah, product. I... <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you're right, Joey. But from what I've heard, it's mostly oil. Okay. Okay. It, it doesn't matter. I was just curious if... No, if Joey, had, this yeah. matters completely. <laughs> Uh, um. Yeah. Okay, I have something real quick too. Let's hear it. Um. So remember we talked about those antitrust uh, hearings a few weeks ago. Yeah. Well, it seems like the Justice Department um, decided to single out on Google, and they don't really care about Facebook or Apple at this point, or Amazon. Um. They citing that you know google controls 90 percent of web searches globally and all this other stuff um but the justice department plans to bring an antitrust case against google as soon as this month um but which is interesting because the lawyers in the government that are working on it and the justice department said a month is not long enough um and there's like 40 lawyers working on it and they you know yeah they said they need more time and William Barr said nope uh, you got to do it by the end of the month and you know most of the lawyers opposed it and like several of them have left since he made that decision so it just seems like there's some real politicking going on um, so who knows what if I don't know I I kind of doubt that anything's going to come of it especially since uh, Barr is just you know rushing it along and there's not they're not going to be able to build up a solid case and then Google's lawyers are just going to be able to you know beat them back hmm. so, so bullish on big tech then <laughs> yes bullish on big tech exactly Joey like it and that's all i have well i'm i'm excited to watch i don't i don't know if this is necessarily next week but 
in the next coming weeks, AT&T has been on my radar because, mm. as you may know, it is one of the classic dividend aristocrats. It always pays out 52 cents a share every month. Um, and right now, that's amounting to about 7% dividend. But it it is just... Wait, so how much does it cost? The uh, AT&T is at $29 right now. Oh. And its dividend amount is 52 cents. It, mm -hmm. it grows that dividend, I think, by like a penny every year. Yeah. And it's been doing that forever. So it's it's a great way to get, you know, guaranteed dividend that way because unless they go out of business, they're going to keep giving that dividend. Uh, and the other thing is if you just look at their year chart, I mean, they were hit by the coronavirus recession, obviously. Um, but since then, since April, they have been so flat, like ridiculously flat. So flat that, like, no technical indicators make any sense on them for like uh, longer than a day time frame and I don't think it's going to be flat forever they're also very low relative to the past several years so I think seeing such a stable price with a 7% dividend yield is going to be too attractive to pass up and we're going to see more people buying AT&T so that's why I'm bullish on AT&T I am so with you on that, Joey. I've been on the AT&T train since probably 2018, where I'm like, I, I, I had the exact same thoughts with the dividends, where it's like, you, can, you can't pass it up. Yeah. They're just so concerned with making sure that their dividend stays strong, mm -hmm. that they don't even care. Like, I, I don't care what happens to their price, because they're always going to work to make sure that the dividend is king. Right, and okay, their their earnings have been going down a little bit over the past few months, few quarters. It's true, but they only recently passed that hundred percent mark on dividend payout, where they're giving all of their earnings into dividends. And I think they're big enough that they can last doing that for a while, and then come back to a healthy dividend payout ratio. Well, you guys. Do you have AT&T as a carrier? I do. Um, because no, I, I do, Verizon. and that makes me bearish. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you got to think, Tim. So AT&T, their like, uh, cellular network, that's only one very small piece yeah. of the AT&T conglomerate. I'll they own Warner fine. Brothers... They own all sorts of networks that that do TV and streaming. Um, I'm trying to. What else do they I can't own? remember off the top some. of my off the top of my head. They but own some really big streaming service, don't they? Like, isn't Sky yeah, but what about, or something? What about AG and C? I I don't know. If we're talking about dividends, AG&C okay. is king. So AG&C, though, is a very different story compared to AT&T. Um, Joy, I don't know if you're aware uh, or, or know about AG&C. I got to look them up now. 
there it's a it's a reet okay it's back yeah it's, i don't yeah, like reets yeah and a lot of people are turned off by the reets i like it though um joey the dividend's like 11 percent and it's okay what's it's their backed, payout ratio it's backed by uh like the government mortgage groups so like freddie and fanny okay um are the ones behind this REIT. Well, they're not, they're not like running the REIT, but like they back. it's those sorts of mortgages that are involved in this REIT, but it's like a 10% dividend. Um, and their price has sort of like dropped a little bit. Like if you look from the past, like several, several years, uh, they've just kind of been stagnant around like 17, 18 bucks um, since like 2015. And they pay out that solid dividend every single month. Um, and then they had their drop in March. Um, they've had a pretty, pretty good return back, but they did have to drop their dividend when the price fell. Hmm. That um, knocks them so off it, any aristocrat list. Well, it went from sixteen cents a month to twelve cents a month. What, what is the ticker on this? AGNC. Yeah. Come oh, on, I dude. thought you were saying AGNC. No. The concern, though, with AGNC is they uh, haven't had great earnings. Yeah. Um, oof. They've been oof on their earnings. Yeah, fine. I'll buy AT and T. I'm just saying it's good to be diversified a little bit. Like it's, it's at a such picking a up price a little right AG and C, picking up a little AT and T. That is a solid dividend play, I think. I'm saying to bring it full circle, like I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, I'm expecting volatility to continue. Maybe not circuit breakers. Maybe circuit breakers. But when there's volatility. I like to have a little bit of stability, and dividend aristocrats are good for that. Oh, you guys know the other thing that's great for volatility, right? Are you going to say gold? No. Oh, yeah, baby. Gold <laughs> and silver. Oh, no. Precious, precious metals. Precious metals, my friends. It's the way to go. Um, thanks, everyone, for tuning into Engineering Money this week, and we will see you again next week. Sleep good.